0: With a clothing rental membership from Armour, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days then, when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, Hello and welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to make realistic improvements in their lives and reach their goals, however big or small. We are building a community of men and women who love to push themselves to overcome obstacles and make something special of their lives, all when maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hi, everybody. I am sure you are all super busy with preparations for the holidays coming up. My home is looking festive and we are drinking so much hot chocolate and listening to a lot of Christmas music. It really is the best time of year. If you haven't already checked out the Small Seeds project that they have going on with the holiday season called Light the World, please do. It really is great. Everybody can do it regardless of religion or your family situation. Um, Just check them out on www.thesmallseed.com. Just a little plug for them because I love what they are sharing this year. We have some new listeners, which thrills me. I'm so happy to have you here. A short introduction of me so you know who I am and why I'm starting this podcast. I am Monica Packer. I am a 30 year old mom of three. I'm a former middle school teacher, a recovering perfectionist, and now on the side, I am a writer and podcaster and a beginning interior designer. Those are things I didn't do for a long time, and I'm going to tell you why. I battled years of eating disorders, as well as rounds with depression and anxiety, and those stemmed from me wanting to be absolutely perfect. And as you can imagine, I hit some very low lows that inspired me to change 10 years ago. There was only one thing to do. I had to either change or the rest of my life be completely ruined. Um, But in the midst of trying to not be a perfectionist, I then became a paralyzed dreamer. I had some talents and dreams I had wanted to explore for the past 10 years about, but I couldn't allow myself to do so out of fear or apathy or just not having enough faith in myself. So for a lot of years, I have felt pretty stuck, but this podcast is geared to reach men and women like me, people who need a community that shows them that you can have dreams and goals and You can work towards them, you can challenge yourselves, you can improve your life, but you don't have to be obsessive, you don't have to be self-punishing in the process. Basically, I'm trying to interview the people that I needed to hear from 10 years ago, people who've kind of figured out what that looks like for them. Today, I am sharing an interview with Meg Miles from MomStrong, Utah. She is the first social media fitness guru that I found not only inspired me, but made me feel good enough as I am. Meg is all about encouraging women to find their gifts and share them with the world and to create a healthy balance of mind and body. She posts workouts, fantastic recipes, mom tips, and the last few months she's also done an incredible interview series called the Mom Strong Project. In this series, she interviews women who have overcome huge obstacles. Meg is also incredibly well rounded, hardworking, and ambitious but there have been times in her life where perfectionism and the comparison trap made her feel totally insecure and led to her hiding her gifts. Meg shares more about this, as well as her interview series, and her incredible wisdom that she learned it really looks like to maintain a healthy balance in your life. On to the interview. Hello, I am here with Meg Miles. Hi, Meg. Hi, how are you, Monica? I'm so Great. I'm so glad you're on here today. I know a lot of people will know you from your Instagram account. Can you tell us a little more about yourself, though, for those who do not know you and your blog as well? People should know you from there.
1: Yes. So thank you so much for having me on. I'm really so humbled to have been chosen. And um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself for everyone listening. Just um, my husband and I, we live in Salt Lake City. We're right by the Utah mountains. We have A little one-year-old girl named Ellie, who we just adore. You probably know from my Instagram. She's so Um, cute. I work... Thank you. I work just part-time as a pediatric nurse at a children's hospital here. Um, And my husband works full-time and is also doing his master's degree. So we are very busy. Wow. I'm also a personal trainer and just run my own little small business called Mom Strong. So um, that's just kind of on the side. And I think that most of the people that... What I'm really known for, I guess, is just um, my social media accounts involve just many different things that promote holistic health and really empowering women to just be their confident selves through health and wellness. So um, I think I'm, I hope I'm known for just being a body positive voice in the community and just someone who really believes in confidence and um, smart and capable women and you know, I I really value value women in the society, and so that's kind of my focus. Um, and then on my Instagram, I kind of do everything under the sun involving health. I do a lot of at home workouts that moms or women can do with their busy lives. I do um, nutrition, just healthy recipes, little tidbits of my motherhood journey, and kind of everything under the sun there. So that's that's me in a nutshell, I guess. But I
0: want to go yeah. back more to more of your growing up years, I want to know what makes up Meg, because you have so many talents. And with that, you have such a great work ethic. I mean, clearly you could not be a nurse for one, you know, without having a great work ethic. It takes so much to become a nurse and then a mother and then a trainer, you know, all these gifts that you have. Have you always been a go-getter? That was so nice of you.
1: I... I would say that, yes, I've always been a go-getter. Um, I don't love wasting time, and my husband will probably agree that I have a hard time sitting still. Yeah, And this is sometimes a bad thing when you just want to watch a movie. And sometimes I just I, I just like being busy. I like being involved in things. Um, so I would say, yes, from the time I was little, I, I just remember doing a lot of goal-setting from the time I was young and just kind of um, always being a little bit of a dreamer. Yeah. Um, I grew up. I just I grew up pretty interested, involved in a lot of different things, and I feel really lucky with the family that I grew up in. And I really think that I give credit for my work ethic to two specific things. One being my family, for sure. Um, my family. I have four other siblings, and then my parents, who really are just the some of the most hardworking people I know. Um yeah. They. They just have such strong work ethics and really are so talented, but are the most humble people that you'd ever meet. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up in a pretty great environment where it was really safe for us to learn, but also to, it was really safe for trial and error, really safe for us to to fail. And yeah. I think that was a big thing that my mom always pushed, was that we would at least try to do our best, whatever that was. And it was okay to fail and that we kind of learned from failure so that was one thing that really really impacted me growing up um I would say number two would be just being involved in athletics and sports teams I know that might sound silly to someone who maybe hasn't done that but I I really learned a lot of things about life from just the game of basketball and from the sports that I was heavily involved with growing up and just having a strong work ethic and learning to work as a team and le- learning to to push myself to be better. And so that was – I feel like that maybe comes – I feel like I get a little bit of my go-getter personality from those two things.
0: Well, I'm thinking about your family. You just had that foundation of hard work, um, but also coupled yeah. with that, that environment of it being safe – Which is such a tricky balance because I feel like in a lot of families who are really goal-oriented, it seems like some kids grow up feeling like they're not ever going to measure up. Or you have the other pendulum swing like um, families who never really um, involve that goal-setting attitude or foundation to their family. And so maybe they... They don't learn that work ethic. So what did that look like, like that balance in your family between goal setting but also that freedom to make mistakes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's something that my mother did that I hope to do with my children, and it's that she never pushed me to do one thing over the other. I think that sometimes as a mom, it's kind of easy to think, oh, I hope that my child does this or that because I love this or that, you know? And sometimes we pressure, I see kids that are pressured into doing something that they ultimately end up not liking because Mm. they feel so much pressure to do it. So um, one thing that my mom and dad both did was they just let us, you know, explore a lot of different things. And we kind of ended up picking our favorite things to end up being more passionate about and working harder towards. And that's something that I really give a lot of credit to my mother. She I mean, I just can't say enough about her. I really can't aspire to be anything greater than her. Um, She just really encouraged me to pursue my goals and to dream big. And I hope to do the same for my little little (laughs) ones. So I want to talk about your more recent ventures.
0: We we already touched on that a little bit. Your fitness Instagram account, your group exercise classes you do, the training. You also do meetups with moms just to go on hikes and have a speaker yeah. at the end or you teach some things at the end. And your blog and your interview series. There's so many things you're involved with right now that I think are changing people's lives. And I wanted to know if these were things that you had dreamt about doing for a long time, or did they come to you in some inspiration? And did you go for it really quickly?
1: Yeah, such a great question. I love kind of looking back and seeing what events have led up to now. Um, I am in such an exploration phase right now. And I'm really loving that I I feel like when people ask me what I'm doing I'm like, well, I kind of am doing just a lot of random things and I I don't know, I think that this is just a phase in my life where I'm really exploring and you know, involved in a lot of different things. So this this whole idea really has been has been dreamt about for at least 3 years. Mm-hmm. Um I've had very specific experiences that have just kind of driven me to action, I feel like mm-hmm. with everything I'm doing now. Um, I wanted for a few years to head up some sort of group, specifically of women, because I just feel so passionate toward um, helping women feel confident. And then in this group, I just wanted to be focused more on preventative health care and just a positive community-based group. Um, I have a lot of passion and interest in all different areas under this umbrella, so I just kind of thought, couldn't quite figure out how to put them all together really until Ellie was born last September Mm -hmm. Um, and I for some reason when she was born it was like everything clicked. I finally knew the direction I wanted to go I created a name and I just kind of started there I really but it's been something a long time running that I've really had in my head um, for you know at least three years or so.
0: Is there something in particular that inspired that that confidence focus you were going for with women?
1: Honestly, I cannot attribute it to a certain moment in time or experience, but I have, I just love people so much. I love women so much because I know what, what it's like to be a mom and be a woman and be bombarded every day with, with so much, so many things, good and bad. And I just think the woman is, needs to be celebrated and needs to be lifted up because we are a big part of our communities. Yeah.
0: You know, that is that is my favorite thing about you. I I like to look at um, fitness accounts and blogs with the health focused in mind, but I've discovered that I can't follow a lot of people in the fitness world. You know, I just mm-hmm. can't I can't do that because the brain space they take up isn't a positive space for me. It becomes mm-hmm. really nitpicky or or just really um, self-congratulatory, if that makes sense. And you're Absolutely. not like that. Like you you are the opposite of that. It's all about building confidence in yourself, sure, but building confidence in others, I think is your absolute so focus and what you do on yeah. social media. And I just have to tell you, like, I love that about you. Like what you post your from your workouts, your foods, everything is doable, but also for the true confidence and real health in mind, not just like appearance based. I know I went on a tangent there. I yeah. <laughs> wasn't going to do that. Oh, no, thank you. I just, <laughs> thank I want you so to much. Yeah, you know what, Meg? I want to know what, how do you balance that? Because a, most. Social media just wants to see the pretty. And I want to know, you say in your site, being healthy is living in balance. And how you yes. often say that being healthy looks different for everyone. And I want to know, how have you been able to strike that balance between encouraging health and fitness and improving themselves and also accepting themselves?
1: Yes. Oh, thank you so much. That really means so much to me because that's really my, my sole focus. Um, I have a lot I could say about this, and when I first started my Instagram account, I kind of did the same. I mean, I looked at many other accounts similar to kind of look for inspiration, and like you say, I really had a hard time finding a lot of accounts that made me feel um, uplifted Mm -hmm. and made me feel motivated, and so I thought, you know, is this possible to do this, to not, to have my focus outward while still growing a following, and um, you know, I found just so many accounts of scantily dressed women everywhere, just posting their bodies everywhere over the Internet. And I thought, mm-hmm. does that motivate people? Does that make people feel good about themselves? And for some people, maybe, maybe that is a motivation. But for me and for many people that I know, I, when I see that, I think to myself, that woman is so much more than that. Yeah. Um, you know, why do we have to do that? And, you know, every woman is so much more than what they look like on the outside.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like you say, being healthy really is, it looks different on everyone. It's going to be a lot more than just having a six-pack or having this certain percentage of body fat. It really is so much more. Um, and I have to say that actually during my pregnancy, which was, you know, a struggle for me physically, mentally, emotionally, everything, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, by the end I really, there was not not a moment that I could think of in my life where I was more proud or more had more respect for my body than when I was pregnant with Ellie and when I was able to give birth to her and I just thought that is amazing our bodies are absolute miracles and um so yeah I hope that that can set me apart from other fitness accounts as I hope to uplift people and if I'm ever moving in the wrong direction I hope someone would speak out and let me know Um, but so far I've really just received a lot of positivity and that really makes all the difference, all the world to me. It makes it worth it. Well, I think, um,
0: you know, you're talking about when you were originally looking for accounts that motivated you and, and your health. For me, when I have seen those accounts you're talking about, the motivation as a viewer for me comes from a bad place, like of not accepting myself or just trying to punish my body for not looking like that. And I feel the opposite with with yours. And you're every bit as um, inspiring, even just with your body. I mean, you could post those photos every day, all day. And that would be very (laughs) motivating because you have a very healthy, (laughs) beautiful body, but it's your heart that I think attracts people. And I wanted to know if there was anything that helped inspire that focus for you. you, talked about your daughter a little bit, and just that general love of women and wanting to empower them. But was there anything yes. else behind that?
1: Yes, I think, oh man, I, I think that a lot of it came from being honestly up at the hospital working with little kids. Um, I see so often just kids coming in with really poor body image at a young, young age.
2: Oh. Um,
1: and not only do I see a lot more obesity in children and diabetes and that type of thing, but you also see kids coming in that are, you know, less than 10 years old with, with suicidal thoughts and actions. And you see really hard, tough things that are just heartbreaking. Um, yeah. I I really was impacted by this because, you know, I think that as women, we are so naturally nurturing and caring. And our focus is so often outward that we oftentimes forget about ourselves um, And so I just think my, my, what inspired that focus for me was kind of seeing the need for, for women just to have good information out there and a place where they could go to, to get some inspiration and motivation to take care of themselves so that they could also take care of their kids. Um, I think that, you know, we, none of us really have time. That's the problem. We all are so busy. None of us have time, but we truly need to make time for the things that are important to us and um, we make promises to other people all the time saying you know I'll do this I'll do that but how many times do we break promises to ourselves that we'll do this and we break it over and over again and what does that tell us you know I think that it tells us that we're not enough and that we're not worth it so
2: um,
1: I really really just try to emphasize the need for women to give themselves some time and to take that time to take care of themselves so they can best take care of those around them.
0: You know, you talked about breaking promises. I think because we live in such an extreme all-or-nothing culture, a lot of women feel that being healthy means you're exercising, you know, at least an hour or more, maybe even two yeah. hours a day, or having every uh, single meal prepped ahead of time, that kind of thing, Um I just think your focus is more about making doable promises to yourself. Absolutely.
2: Would that be what you think?
1: Absolutely. I think that we need to set goals high, but we also need to set realistic and attainable goals that give us confidence. And, you know, I, I also was just thinking as we were talking that having a little daughter for me has really – strengthened my focus to be more balanced because I look at her and I just think she's perfect. I don't think anything could be more perfect about her. I just, the world is hers. I want her to dream big. I want her to know the world is big. Um, and she, she's helped me so much to just slow down and also to let, think less critically of myself. Um, I think, I honestly think it's because I finally have a glimpse of maybe the way that my mother looks at me. Yeah. And I I really just know that we sometimes think these negative thoughts about ourselves and we say these negative things, but would we ever say those things to our children or to our mother or to our best friend? Um, and it's something just to kind of sit back and analyze and think how are our thoughts and what are we... What are we showing to the people around us? What are we, what kind of thoughts and actions are we having about ourselves? And, you know, some days, like you say, just kissing tears off her cheeks or snuggling in bed. I mean, this mm-hmm. week she's been teasing. So, yeah, there are days when I just, I snuggled in bed rather than going to the gym. And that for me far exceeds the importance of having that hour workout. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. those are things that you, will remember forever, that's not ever time wasted. And I really know that to have balance, it's not going to the gym every single day for two hours. I don't have that time. Nobody has that time. Yeah. Well, I guess some some people might, but I I know that for me, healthy is also, you know, being there for my family or, you know, being able to have time to spend talking with my grandmother or, you know, I just think every – Every little part of our life really needs to be in balance and focused on. It's not just about our physical health. We really need to, to focus on our mo- emotional, mental, and our spiritual health as well.
0: So I, I like the idea of you, your balance has to come from taking stock of your priorities, it seems like, and, and doing what's right for you and your family in that moment. And I love you about your daughter, that really yeah. did bring tears to my eyes and about that, and yeah. when you talked about the kids at the hospital.
1: Yeah. That
0: must be a really it's, hard it's, job.
1: You know, it is a hard job, I can promise you that motherhood is the hardest job <laughs> that mm. I have ever tried and to endeavor. I mean, really, I think being a pediatric nurse is definitely a hard job. I see a lot of things that I wouldn't ever wish on anybody, but yeah. being a mother... There are times when, you know, I think every mother can resonate with this, that we cry ourselves to sleep thinking that we are not enough, that we're a failure, that we're not cut out for this. (laughs) All we did that day was clean up poop on our shirt and Mm -hmm. do a million dishes and clean the kitchen floor for the hundredth time. And, you know, I just think what a beautiful thing that life is that allows us to go to sleep and wake up to a sunset every single sunrise every single morning and think we have this second and a third and a fourth and an 80th chance to just start over, to start again, to live a little bit better Um, because really that is what life is about is just being a little bit better today than we were yesterday and it's just about progress. It's about progress. It's about progress. (laughs) I like that. You included
0: the tagline. (laughs)
1: No, really. It's about progress. That's what it is. Little mm-hmm. steps. We have that second chance every single day and nobody is perfect at all. So yeah. what a beautiful theme. Wow.
0: I needed to hear that. I, I want to talk about your interview series. Um, tell us yes. about that first.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? Yes, I'm so excited to talk about this. This is what I really am most proud of with Mm -hmm. anything that I've done. Um, So for the listeners, I have created a project called the MomStrong Project. Um, I started it in March, and all I have been doing really is just going out into the community. I've been finding women who have undergone or are still undergoing pretty significant trials in their lives. And then I've just been fully, re- I've been interviewing them and then slowly releasing their interviews on my website for, I said I would do it for this whole year. And I'm actually kind of wondering what I'm going to do because I, I don't want to stop. I've been yeah. loving it so much. Um, but these interviews, I just have to tell you a quick story of kind of what inspired it. You have to, um, yeah. I, <laughs> yes. I want to know. So I had a really specific experience with this. Um, I used to work for Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I worked for them about four years ago, so before, while I was in nursing school. Um, And I, for anyone that doesn't know what Make-A-Wish Foundation is, it's a nonprofit organization here, well, it's across, it's international, that um, they grant wishes to children um, under 18 years old who have life-threatening illnesses. Mm. So these kids get to wish, out of four categories, they can be something, they can have something, they can go somewhere, and then the other category is, oh, it's to meet someone. So they can be, have, go, or meet. So this one particular child, I remember, her name was Mia Bella, and I'm actually, real, I'm going to try to track mm-hmm. her down for an interview because um, I'm sure that she'd be up for it, but yeah. she was probably around the age of nine at the time, and she... Her story was that she received a heart a heart oh. transplant from a little boy who had been in a car accident. Hmm. So um, she had the opportunity to come to make a wish and make her wish, and it was to be a marine biologist. So hmm. we thought, what a cool wish. So we got working on this wish, and we are going to send her to Canada to fulfill this wish. And she, um, she called us up one day, and she said, you know what, I'd like to change my wish. And we said, that's totally fine. What would you like it to be? And she said, I would actually like to give away my wish to this family who gave me my heart. Oh, my gosh. And sorry, I I get emotional telling that story because um, that is the kind of child that I really got to work with at Make-A-Wish. And these were kids that were going through things unimaginable. And just what a privilege it was to work alongside them. So when I left there, I just thought, first of all, my heart was torn to pieces because I'm yeah. like, here I am working my dream job. I mean, this is just, I left oftentimes just in tears. I was so inspired um, by every person that I met there. Yeah. Um, so I, when I left that place, I just thought, you know, I need to do something with my life that involves people's stories, because people are so amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of where the idea started.
2: Yeah.
1: And then from there, I've just kind of thought of a way to do it in my mind. And like I said, back when Ellie was born, it just kind of came. I thought, I need to do this. And um, it's been just an incredible journey that I just will never forget. I mean, every person that I've been able to interview is just amazing and I can't say enough about each of those interviewees. So it's been amazing. How have you
0: found who you've interviewed?
1: So I really just started with a woman named Liz, um, Liz Lancaster. She was in the Columbine High School shooting. And she, my mom had heard her story at this event and then just said, you know, I think you should start with her. So she gave me a chance. She's really special to me because she really was the first person to kind of believe in this project. Yeah. Um, and I just met with her in her home and we interviewed and from there it's been just word of mouth and referrals. And the amazing thing is that most of these people who undergo such incredible trials usually surround themselves by other people who um, have also been through significant trials because they really can help each other. So I just, the word of mouth and referrals has been the biggest, the biggest way of finding them. Can you tell us about one of those
0: interviews?
1: Yes, I would love to. In fact, I'm releasing one this week that I will just kind of introduce. It's a lady, her name's Becky Andrews. Um, She is an incredible lady. She is blind. She has retinitis pigmentosa, which is a condition where um, slowly her, her sight has just degenerated and she's now blind. She can see just a tiny, tiny little, little bit, but her interview goes live this week and um, I'm so excited to, to share her story. It's one thing that she shares in her interview, which was really cool. I thought was that she said, um, you know, there's nothing I was asking her what blessing she's seen from this. And she said, there's nothing like standing next to someone who can describe to you what the sunset looks like. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, you know, maybe here I am being able to see maybe that is actually a disability to me at times, because I forget my other senses. I forget to hear people, or I forget to, to feel something or hear someone, you know, and I just think, It's just sometimes having vision can can often blind us from other things that we wouldn't that we forget to see. So hers is amazing. I can't wait for people to read it.
0: How how can people read those? Are those on your just your MomStrong website?
1: Yes, yes. So my website's just www.momstrongutah.com, and then I have a link there that's just the MomStrong project. You can go in there to find all of the interviews or i just release them right onto my blog um and i kind of post something on my instagram account that links it straight there so you can go back and read read those there
0: i'll put those in my notes too about those interviews is there one lesson that you've been able to take away from them is there some kind of common thread in between all these people
1: yes um so many things. I feel like I could write an entire book on what I've learned. Um, Maybe you should. (laughs) I know. I would love to write a book. It's on my, on my list of dreams to do. So who knows if that'll happen. But um, number one, I would say everyone we meet, no matter who they are, whether we realize it or not um, is fighting a battle that we know absolutely nothing about. Mm -hmm. And I've just learned, especially from these women that, There's never room for us to judge anybody, but really, there's always a place for kindness and for compassion for people. And um, it's just so humbling for me to sit in front of these people and listen to their story and, and just learn about how their trials have made them stronger. It makes you realize that we all are going to be presented with these trials. Life is so hard sometimes and you know all of these people they never asked for or deserves these trials but they've endured them with such grace um, and with such strength and so ultimately you know we choose we choose what to make of our life and we can either let our trials completely destroy us or we stand up against them and and fight back you know so I I love I've loved this interview series I'm really going to be sad when it ends if it ever doesn't, I'm not sure
0: yet. <laughs> yeah, maybe it won't. I think it seems like it's changed your life.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I wanted to talk more about you. You are a woman of so many hats. I don't know how you do it, first of all.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: I am so, so impressed nice. <laughs> doing all these things. Have you ever failed in reaching your goals or have you had to drastically change ones that you made for yourself?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, I, I learned best through failure. I will honestly say that I feel like yeah. I have perhaps failed more times than I've succeeded in my life. And huh. hopefully at some point that will, the ratio will switch in my favor, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I no, I really, I want to really focus on, on the power of failure, it's such a powerful thing if we let it. Um, mm. And I, I kind of wanted to move into talking a little bit about a specific obstacle that I I face every day, and I really used to face a lot worse, and that's perfectionism.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I love, first of all, that your profile on Instagram says "recovering perfectionist." Yeah. That phrase, yeah. I would say, that kind of describes me too right now. I
2: mm-hmm.
1: I definitely have. Have come a long ways. Um, I have a pretty competitive nature, and I think that it's come. It comes a lot from just athletics growing up. But I innately know what I'm capable of. So if something doesn't seem quite adequate to me, I will work on it and work on it um, until I feel like it's just right. And you know, perfectionism has been one of my biggest strengths, but also I think one of my very biggest weaknesses. Yeah. Um, when I was young, I really had I took a lot on myself I really was hard on myself and I'm talking about mostly just in high school I um really struggled with perfectionism I feel like this is a little bit difficult to say and to kind of get my thoughts together about this because I don't want any of this to sound boastful and I I really come from a very humble spot when I say all of this but I want to share this message because I know that there are others out there who struggle with perfectionism. Yeah. And I, I just feel like I, just like anybody else, have been given a lot of unique talents and gifts. And in high school and growing up, I really, I seemed to just kind of excel in a lot of different areas, especially school and sports. And I don't want that to sound boastful, but I just knew how to work really hard. So I remember a specific experience that I had, I um, mean, it was right before high school where just we're all kind of in that vulnerable stage. And my friends and I were invited to a basketball camp and I got invited to play with the older teams because I just kind of had a natural knack for basketball. I worked really hard at it and, and I was pretty good at it. And I remember just overhearing a conversation from some of my friends um, just speaking so negatively about me and because of that, and I don't know if it was you know, out of jealousy or just the plain old need to gossip that we kind of had that age. I don't know. Um, but it really impacted me and it was kind of the first experience I had with something similar to that. Um, and I had many other experiences after that, that were kind of similar where I felt like I sometimes got talked about because I was good at something. And, um, there was just a time in my life when I remember telling my brother, my younger brother, um, I just remember telling him, I, I wish I didn't have that internal drive that motivated me to work and work and work until I could, you know, be good at this or that. And we just, I kind of had, I had a lot of shame for things I was good at. Sometimes I know that sounds kind of odd. No, it but, doesn't. And it's hard to explain, but I, um, it's, I think how silly of me now, just, you know, I now think of that and think how silly of me to think those things. But at the time, this perfectionist to me just really hurt me and hindered me. Um, and in high school, nobody would have ever known. I was very confident on the outside. You know, I was a student body officer. I was involved in being a captain on a lot of the sports teams. I was a 4.0 student. I had kind of everything that you would think on the outside would make a confident person, but on the inside, many times I was just crumbling, mm-hmm. and nobody would have ever known that. And I remember coming home from even friends' houses and just crying myself to sleep, just thinking I'm not pretty enough, I'm not good enough, I I don't have all the material things or the nice clothes or the things that my friends have, and I just I beat myself up so often for that. Um, and now I just think, you know, I mean, it wasn't until college that I really, I went and studied abroad in Spain and then packed around Europe and I was 20 years old and I really just learned so much about myself from just being able to unplug yeah. a little bit from the world and all I really had was a suitcase to live out of and um, no cell phone, no computer and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life and I just thought, you know, this is who, I found out who I really was. And I realized that by hiding and shaming some of those talents or gifts that I had, I was really only hurting myself. And so really to anybody out there that that struggles with perfectionism, um, first of all, you are enough and you don't, you know, being perfect is not something attainable <laughs> in this life. Um, but also just that we need to shine our talents and gifts on the world. We need to use those for good. And um, we need to be a little bit kinder to ourselves. Um, and just now, having that perspective, I really can focus that those perfectionism motives to, to um, good and positive things. And I hope that I hope I can always know who I am. Um, but it came from really learning to face and overcome those weaknesses of mine and learning to just be able to accept who I was, not perfect, flaws and all, you know.
0: So perfectionism for you, there, there's both sides to it. There's a good side about being driven and working to improve yourself and others, but there's the, the bad side that you were talking about, that internal shame, I think, about telling yeah. yourself you're never measuring up, and that can yeah. turn real bad real quick, <laughs> right? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. So, was that study abroad the turning point for you towards trying to seek a the balance of of striving for betterment, but also accepting yourself, or was there another yes, thing?
1: Absolutely. I mean, honestly, I think that was the turning point that I can you know point out right there in my life that I kind of realized that, um, and since then, it's just been little things that I've learned to do that really helped me to just be kinder to myself. And um, I have, oh, I have this quote. I wasn't going to share this, but um, it's my favorite quote. And it's by Marianne Williamson. She's a renowned author and she says, and this is a quote I've had on my wall forever, for a long time, (laughs) because it really resonates with me. It's, um, she says, and I hope that I can quote this um, by memory. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And I love that so much because, you know, as we let our own light shine, we really unconsciously give others permission to do the same. And I really believe in that, that yes, we're not perfect and we're never going to be perfect. There will always be somebody better at whatever it is. But we are enough as we are. And we are created to be us because that's the way it was supposed to be. Um... And we just really need to let our own individual and unique light shine to those around us because that's how we change the world around us is by using our own gifts and talents that nobody, else is, that nobody else has. So I love that.
0: I do too. That is really one of the best quotes out there. So yes. I'm really glad you talked about that. It's trying to see what can you offer yourself and your family and the world and and start, yeah. start to just... Try to figure that out first. Maybe that's the first step.
1: Right. And I think that the first step, like you say, is just to start. I remember thinking back before I started any of this, I thought, well, I don't have this or that. I don't have, I didn't even have my personal trainer certificate yet. And I thought, but I really want to do this. I love this. And so I remember coming across that quote one time, just start. That's all it said, two words. And I wrote that in my notebook. And I thought, that is the key to Progression is just starting wherever we are. It doesn't, you know, we're never going to, we're never going to have all the cards lined up. And I think sometimes we wait. We wait until everything is perfect, till we have this opportune moment to do something. But that's, you know, all of the time that we wait for that to happen, we miss all of these opportunities. And so that would be my advice to anybody. Just start and don't be afraid of failure. We have to put ourselves out there. Um, and be yourself and that I don't think we need to try to be like anybody else's Instagram account or anybody else's mm-hmm. blog I think that we are given gifts for a reason and we just need to start with our own our own set of gifts and talks
0: oh I love that also applicable to everyone right just start yeah don't think
1: too much totally <laughs> we're about yeah,
0: it yeah just, just dive in <laughs> So, you yeah. talked about how every day you have learned as part of your recovering from perfectionism journey, you've learned to every day be kind to yourself. What does that look yeah. like for you
1: oh i so that's a great question i I do a lot of different things, so one thing that I do is I try to consistently have a structured morning, and I know that that's totally going to change for me once I bring in kid number two yeah, but i I have this opportunity in the mornings right now where the world is kind of quiet and I wake up early before anyone wakes up um, and I have a very structured routine, which really helps me. But the first thing that I do, um, and this is totally going to look different for everybody, but I start my day in prayer and that's a spiritual skill that I do. And it can be different for everyone. I think that for some meditation is a really great opportunity for some headspace or deep breathing. Um, so I start my day in prayer, and then I move right into before I do anything else, my hair or makeup, I have this little card on my mirror, and it says, you are enough. And that the only reason I have that card is to trigger me to do something, and that is my three positive affirmations.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so I, once I see that card, I say three positive things about myself out loud. And that may sound totally hippie to some people, but... This little practice that. that I've implemented in my life has helped me so much because when I start my day off by saying something kind and positive about myself, it sets my day with a positive tone, and it's hard its hard to start my day off negatively. So yeah. these are things like, I am loyal, or I am mm-hmm. honest, or I'm a good wife, or I'm a good friend, mm-hmm. I am strong, these types of affirmations. So. I start by saying three kind things, um, and from there, usually I have some time to go exercise, and that really for me is not just for my physical health, but just as much for my mental and emotional health. So that for me is one thing that I do um, to just help me be kinder to myself and really boost my confidence. Um, I know that surrounding yourself with people who believe in you and who lift you up is definitely a big deal. I mean, I have you know, I think I can think of a handful of Instagram accounts that I've totally had to completely stop following because, you know, not in a sense to the person running it, but I just couldn't, I started thinking really degrading thoughts about myself. Mm -hmm. So we have that power. I know that sometimes as women, it's like, you're kind of curious to look at certain accounts um, just because they might have a ton of followers or whatever it is, but if whoever's account you're looking at is bringing you down, you have that choice to just unfollow. Mm -hmm. It's as easy as one click. And I think that that is a big deal. Social media is a big deal. Yes, And it has a big effect on us. So I think that being able to limit our time behind our screens and just unfollowing people who bring you down, that's as easy Mm -hmm. as that. That's a huge way to help your confidence grow. Um, And I also think... Working toward attainable goals and dreams and, you know, feeling the fear, but doing it anyways and being able to just progress little by little. I think that's huge. And when we reach goals, that's what builds confidence is when we know that we've done something that was hard and that we've progressed. So I love I love anything that we can do to boost our confidence. <laughs> I all love about that, that
0: that's so doable though, and since it's such a yeah. daily part of your team, it's not elaborate. It's simple. It can happen every day. Also, taking stock of what we ingest, I yes. think, is so. Yeah easily it's so easy to overlook the importance of that and I love that you yeah. talked about that I, th- I wish every woman would do that just a regularly take yeah. stock of what you're looking at every day and how often you yeah. are too like how often are you pulling up those apps on your phone to places that just All either right. numb you or make you belittle yourself constantly and cutting you know maybe whole apps out but also maybe yeah. just certain things you're following that aren't building you up I love that you talked about that
1: yeah and it really is those easy things I mean my husband came home with the other the other week with the idea of having just a phone crib is what we call it because my parents actually started this idea they have a yeah. phone crib and really it's for
2: <laughs> when my husband
1: bed. gets home <laughs> yeah when my phone get or when my husband gets home um, from school, he, you know, it's nine o'clock or whatever, we put our phones both in there. And it sounds so, so simple, but it's made the biggest difference even in our marriage because mm. instead of scrolling and sitting there and saying, okay, good night, and you realize we've just been scrolling on our phones for a half hour, yeah. um, we actually are with each other and we, we talk about our day, we talk about what's going on. It's such a refreshing time to just be and to be in the present, I think that uh, that just so oftentimes goes missed we We spend so much time on our phones now, and yeah. we forget to just be in the present and to be okay with with silence and with without all of the all of the you know things that are going on in the world. I think it's so good to get away from that too.
0: I'm gonna still that idea that's great um yeah, you've talked about goals a couple of times, is there? I liked how you talked about your daily rituals to be kind to yourself. Are there daily rituals with, with goals or do you do that like a weekly thing or a monthly thing or yearly thing? How do you go about setting your goals?
1: You know what? All of the above. And I know that may sound so overwhelming to people, but I just, I'm such a list maker, goal maker. I always have been. And for some people, if it's too overwhelming to set, you know, daily and weekly and long-term goals, I mean, forget it, you know, do what you can, but I, what I do is I really make a list. I have a daily list of things, and its I don't think of this list of things I have to do, but it's just I like it there so that it keeps me on task for, you know, just keeps me on task. I mean, that's really why I have it um, for good time management. But I have, I have goals that I make weekly that are just kind of simple, random goals. Um, for example, this week I've been listening – I don't know if you listen to happier by Gretchen Rubin, that podcast.
0: Yes. I've listened to it um, a couple times.
1: <laughs> yes. I listen to it every week. It just brings me so much happiness because yeah. they talk about these happiness hacks or habits that you can try. So I've taken a lot of their ideas and I've just tried them for a week, you know, worked on whatever it is. So this week um, I've been working on just being more present and involved with my husband. So it's been because I was listening to this podcast on the way to work one morning, and Gretchen was talking about um, the idea that sometimes we send our significant others to-do lists all the time, or we're kind of nagging them without realizing it. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" This morning, when I left, I sent Bri a text that said, "Good morning, honey. Before you go to work, these are things that I need to, to get done." And I just thought, oh, my gosh, that was just for me to hear because I, without even meaning to, I probably nagged at him more than he would like, you know. And Mm -hmm. so I just have been focusing more on just sending just nice texts of how are you doing and I'll call you at lunch, let's talk or kind of back to, you know, when we were dating where we just kind of texted because we loved each other and um, just really focused on, being there for him when he gets home and asking how his day was. And that is my goal this week. So it's been awesome. And I kind of just pick a random thing like that every week. Um But I also have long-term goals that I am working on that are professional and personal. And so, yeah, I kind of work around different time, time goals, but I love it. I love, I'm a really goal-oriented person.
0: You know, that's the thing I'm trying to work on. Isn't that silly? I'm my goal is to make goals. <laughs> I haven't made them yet. I love that. Yeah. I well, love that goal. What
1: a good goal. I know. That's I my it. goal.
0: <laughs> but when I... you I know, love f- it. For someone like me, who I was such an extreme personality for so long, I just... Yeah. I took a big break from all of that. But now it's time to come back to it. But in, in good ways. Yeah. I think before it was more about punishing myself. But the way I see it from right. you, it's about... It comes from a place of 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 looking at yourself and and just saying this is what I want to work on,
1: you know, both yeah. for yourself and if but you your don't goals. meet up, it, right? And if you don't meet the goal in the time period, that's okay. You know, I kind of just have it as something that motivates me and yeah, motivation. And pushes me to be a little bit better. You know,
0: yeah. Okay, that's the word I'm going to take away from that. It's not about punishment. It's motivation. Yes. Okay. All right. That that really helps me. So I just have, (laughs) I have, um, two more questions for you. I want to know what would someone be surprised to learn about you?
1: Oh man. Um, what would someone be surprised? Oh, I didn't think of these in advance. (laughs) I should have thought of these. Um, honestly, I, I love, I feel like I'm kind of living out my dream job right now, but if I could have another dream job, it would be that my husband and I could be just like Chip and Joanna Gaines, do a show fixer-upper and yeah. just design spaces on a budget would not be fun. Oh, that sounds like a good dream. I love, 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 love interior design. I seriously, like, I, I almost did it, but I kind of felt the need to go into the health world But I love. I collect magazine pages. I draw up blueprints just for fun. I seriously am such a nerd about it, but I love it. That's love something that. that I would do that's so
0: great. And the last question is, what have you learned about yourself in the last 10 years?
1: Oh, um, I think, I think I've learned to stop caring what people think and to just be myself. And I think that I've started just having more of a true appreciation and Really, just a deep love for people in general, of all walks of life. Um, I feel like the older I get, the bigger my heart grows. I just have such a love for people. Um, it reminded me when I was talking, I interviewed a 99-year-old woman named yes. Barbara Tanner for one of my interviews. She was so cute, and oh, I I just loved sitting with her. Um, she was the sweetest lady, but I. She looked at me in the inner in in the interview and she just said, You'd like to change the world, wouldn't you?
2: Hmm. And
1: you know what, I looked at her and I just thought, Yes, I would. And isn't that all what we want to do? Hmm. Is to change the world around us. And that is by using our own gifts and talents. That is by using our heart and, you know, our confidence and everything that we have that's bottled up inside of us. Um and I really, I really believe that people are good, And, you know, we see a lot of bad things and scary things in this world, but I know that most people are really good people and people who want to change the world. And so, um, anyways, I just, I, I think that of you, Monica, I think this is going to be an incredible journey for you as you interview people and you are doing just that. You're changing the world around you and that is exactly what life is about. And that's
0: what makes it meaningful. Thanks. May. You know, what? it's going to be selfish of me to say this, but I feel that doing this so far, it's changing my life. You know, it really Absolutely. is. I get so much out of each interview. I know I cannot end this better than what you just said. Um, and I, and I just want to end it there. Thank you so much May, for this wonderful interview.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I, it's about time that I sit in this hot seat. So I'm really grateful yeah. for this opportunity. Thank you so much.
0: Wasn't that a great interview? I just wanted to know more about what you learned from Meg's interview. So if you'd love to share with me, please please do so on Instagram or, or shoot me an email. My email is packerprogress at com. Something I learned from Meg is that when our motivation is based on what other people are doing, we will never truly progress in a valuable way because we will never feel that we measure up. But when we take stock of our own gifts and what we want to make of our lives, our motivation can be more internal and lead to real progress. We can be inspired by others, we just can't measure ourselves by them. Meg, you are that inspiration for me. If you haven't, please check her out. I've included links to her sites on my blog, and my blog is www.aboutprogress.com. If you'd like to see more of me and what I'm up to, you can read more on on my blog or on my Instagram. My handle is about progress, um, and you can also nominate people that you think should be on this program. I would love to hear from more, so please do so. I know that some of you hear these interviews and may think that you don't have anything noteworthy to say about your own lives because maybe you don't have a ton of followers or big projects that you are working on, like some of the people I've interviewed that's not how I want you to feel after listening to these podcasts. My whole goal is to share people who have had to make sacrifices in order to live a balanced life, one that includes pushing themselves to do what is right for them. And you know what? That looks different for everybody. Next week, I am interviewing a dear friend who might not be that visible to the world, but who has a strong center of what really matters to her. Her name is Aubrey Greenan. Aubrey is a classically trained opera singer. She was trained at one of the top programs in the country, but she ultimately chose her family over a life of fame. She shares the why behind that and more about how she still uses her love and gift of singing. I hope you can tune in next week. And if you love what you hear, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. Thank you for listening and take care of yourself.